Hello there, you all. This next musician needs no introduction to anyone. If you know anything about jazz and you don't know this person, then you don't know anything about jazz. <laughs> it's that simple. Okay. I'm sorry. Truth. John William Coltrane, better known as John Coltrane. I'm going to start out with a quote he made in the late 60s, and it's probably more appropriate today than it was then. This man was obviously a visionary, and according to some, he was a superhuman, maybe even not human, but a god who had just come to visit here for a short while. He maintains he was just an ordinary human being who worked very hard to perfect his craft and his humanity. His words go something like this. I know that there are bad forces in the world. Forces that bring suffering to people and misery to the world. I want to be the opposite. I want to be a force for good. And that is exactly what he did for the 44 years that he walked this planet. Born in 1926 in Hamlet, North Carolina. Don't look it up, it's probably not on the map. Moving shortly uh, after birth to Rocky Mount, North Carolina. He was raised in the South in the late 20s, just before the onset of the Depression. Grew up as a little kid through the Depression. Didn't talk about it very much because for black folks, depression is constant. <laughs> it wasn't like a period in time, it's the existence, especially in Rocky Mountain, North Carolina. His father, was a preacher and a musician of sorts. His grandfather was a preacher. He came up in a very religious family. He came up in the church like a whole lot of us did in the South because that's all we had for hope was our faith. Now, John's life was actually pretty normal. At some point, uh, 1938, I believe the year was, uh, his grandfather died. And a few months later, his father died. And a few months later, his mother died, and a few months later, his aunt died. And the family was just devastated, spiritually, and of course financially, because those were the breadwinners for the family. Later on, they would find themselves moving to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and John would find himself starting his musical career on the clarinet. 
which has always been a good step instrument for saxophone. Wasn't long before he was graduating to the saxophone, primarily alto, believe it or not, and was playing in R&B bands, and some of those jazz combos, whatever he could do, just a working musician around Philadelphia trying to make some money, playing this, playing that, playing a whole lot of blues. And um, he hooks up with uh, saxophone players of the era who uh, lived there, people like Benny Golson. And um, he can hear to play his gigs, and pretty soon he's playing in uh, big bands, in the saxophone section with a whole bunch of other saxophone players. And somehow he caught the attention uh, uh, of Miles Davis uh, at some point. But there was an interruption, and that was uh, World War II. He ended up going into the Navy at the end of World War II. Um, about the same time Tony Bennett went in to the Army. And the only benefit he got out of it, uh, he did not have a bad time in the military. And there are actually photos of him in that naval uniform. He came back home with the GI Bill. And he used it to get more music lessons in technique, in harmony, in composition, etc. Wasn't trying to get a degree, wasn't trying to be a music teacher, was trying to be a better musician. Back to Miles Davis. Eventually, Miles lured him to New York to play in his group and to make some of his first recordings. And according to John Coltrane, he has no idea why Miles did that because he goes back and he would listen to the recordings he made at that period and it just made him sick to know he played that badly. Well, not to Miles. Miles said, I just knew it was a bad cat. I could tell it was a bad cat. So Miles was hearing through the stuff that was bothering Train. Yeah, we called him Train for short. And, um, you know, Train fell victim to some of the uh, pitfalls of jazz musicians in this period, namely Harriet. And Miles, having also been on that journey for a while and cleaned himself up, fired him quite suddenly because of his appearance on stage and because his playing became, how shall we say, lacking. This shocked John Coltrane. And uh, the story is that he kicked the habit cold turkey. What does that mean? That means you lock yourself in a room and you let the drug do what it wants to do. All the ugly it can do to your body and your mind until it is out of your system. Called withdrawal. Yeah, he went through that the hard way. No step drug, no, no little process, no hospital, no nothing. No, stop and let it do what it's got to do. I'm getting clean right now. That shows you the inner fortitude of the man, the determination of the man.
And that inner fortitude and determination is what led him to start practicing incessantly thereafter. Then there was an association, which he thinks was probably one of the most important, with Theolonius Monk, whose experiment with dissonance and wide leaps and angular stuff and, you know, just being different opened up a total new world for John Coltrane. And he started experimenting then, the beginning of his sheets of sound and harmonic uh, extensions and modalities and all of those things, uh, exotic scales and whatnot, patterns. But spirituality, it was all a means of communicating. His philosophy was very simple. Even if you don't understand it, if the communication is just a feeling, just an emotional communication, that is enough. As he once said, I loved music even before I knew what was in a G minor seventh chord. So for him, it was all about communication and that communication were spiritual and emotional for him, from soul to soul, that communication. Getting back to his beginnings as a young, poor kid in the South, raised in a very religious family, hearing all kind of preaching, both from his daddy and his mama, they say that's why his sound on his sights was like it was. His sound is so passionate, so strong, so fervent. Like a preacher preaching strong sermon. So every time John Coltrane played his horn, he was preaching a sermon. And not so much fire and brimstone, but love. Love. Universal spirituality and universal love. Now we must continue this journey because I can talk on and on and on and on because you and I both know John Coltrane is one of the most influential musicians and composers and most certainly tenor saxophone players in the history of jazz and to some people the most pivotal on the saxophone in modern time. We all know that. Some people will try to deny it but listen to Train play and that denial has to go away. So after playing with Monk for a while, he's back with Miles in the mid to late 50s. He's also doing his thing with uh, his own albums, uh, Blue Train and uh, so many others. And he gets to record with Miles, uh, especially uh, that pivotal album, 1957-58, uh, Kind of Blue. Uh, where he's paired with uh, Julian Cannibal Adderley uh, in that um, just unbelievable uh, ensemble they had. Uh, later, Train moves into his own music and um, lots of great albums along the way. I think 25 albums as leader. Uh, he became more and more uh, spiritual. Um, we all know I think it was about 64, he recorded A Love Supreme. Uh, that was my 
uh, entrance ramp into John Coltrane. It's what I first listened to, and it was tough music for me to hear, so I listened over and over and over, day after day after day, time after time after time, until I could actually process at least some of what was there. Didn't realize that a lot of the chanting that was there, a love supreme, a love supreme, that that was primarily John Coltrane's own voice. And once again, a love supreme. He loves poetry. And so he talked about how he dealt with the universe and how he dealt with God and how he dealt with universal spirituality and love. And then later, Kula Say Mama. We talk about his personal life. He had three sons. Uh, one actually died uh, very, very young. Um, uh, one, a matter of fact, two are saxophone players. Oren is, is not quite as uh, well-known as Ravi. Uh, Ravi is named after the great uh, Indian uh, sitar player Ravi Shankar. Uh, Ravi is a great saxophone player who I know played um, with Elvin Jones and his young bloods uh, back in the days when uh, my son Greg was playing bass uh, in that same group. So I most certainly know uh, Robbie's work and his personality and all of that. And all three children came through Alice, his second wife, who was partners. They had the same spirituality, the same musical experimentation. And although she was a pianist, she's also very well known for being a jazz harpist as well. What you don't hear a lot about is the first wife, Naima. And people go, Naima? Yeah, that's right. He wrote a song about her. Because Naima was his wife when he was going through his demons of addiction and probably a little bit of abuse and everything else. And uh, that didn't last. She had to get away from him in order to save herself. And later upon reflection, he realized that. And so he wrote that beautiful, beautiful tune, Naima, as a testament to her beauty, both uh, inside and out. And he did that while married to Alice Coltrane. So Alice was a strong woman to allow her man to be writing a song about uh, previous love interests, you know? Uh, but this is John Coltrane, the man, passionate. You know, a little side note here. 2009, a young man moves into the White House. And one of the first things he does in the private residence is he hangs an enlarged photo taken after a gig backstage of a very pensive John Coltrane holding his horn. And then that man, Barack Obama, had a photograph taken of him contemplating that photo as it is positioned on the wall in the private residence. And he sends it to the Coltrane family. And it says, from a lifelong fan of your father, Barack Obama. 
So people talk about the later free jazz period that Train had and the experimentation with selflessness and all of those things and the later groups with Ravi, uh, sorry, Rashid Ali and Pharaoh Saunders and that experimentation. They call it free jazz. You need to stop that. Not all music can be categorized and you just need to just call it music and not trying to put it into a box. Uh, John Coltrane never played anything free. There was always structure, always discipline, always form, uh, even if some normal people could not hear what that was, identify it or categorize it or put it into a little box. And this music was a soundtrack for the revolutionaries of the day after he died. He died in 67 and 68 when this country was blowing up on fire protests, riots, all of that. John Coltrane's wildest music was a soundtrack for that. But Coltrane, the man, he favored the nonviolent approach of Martin Luther King rather than the overt rhetoric of a Malcolm X or Black Panthers. He was a peacemaker. And perhaps what that music signified was the inner mounting struggle, where John McLaughlin could say the inner mounting flame that many of us suffer with when you try to be a peaceful person in a world that does not treat you so peacefully. So John Coltrane the great visionary, the great saxophonist, a man who moved the music forward more than anyone of his generation, who's been gone for over 50 years, and we are still trying to absorb the body of his work. And please understand that that period of work that we are trying to Digest today was just one decade, one 10 year period. From 1957 to 1967 when he died. 1957, the beginning of his own explorations and his association with Miles Davis and Acceptet, and the end of his life in 1967. That's what we have been trying to digest from John Coltrane for over 50 years. And you know what? We'll still be trying to digest that body of work for another 50 years. John, William, Coltrane, thanks for visiting us. Oh yes, and he did receive a Pulitzer Prize in 2007. Yes, he did. And he was canonized by the African Orthodox Church as a saint, St. John Coltrane, as well. Very high respected man, not just as a musician, but as a human being. I could talk forever about John Coltrane, but the best spokesman for John Coltrane is his music. Go listen, try to digest it. Thank you very much.